And welcome everybody to the Winged Octopus podcast. This is uh, the new version of the Winged Octopus podcast, out with the old, in with the new. This is Tyler alongside Tanner and Tess. How you guys doing today? Tess, how are you doing in Michigan? I'm fantastic. How are you doing in Boston? I'm doing pretty good. It's pretty cold, actually. And Tanner, how are you doing <laughs> down in the Carolinas? It's good, Probably man. It's way, too, it's way too hot down here, but... <laughs> <laughs> See, you can, you can never win here. I'd rather um, have so, that than the weather you guys have. So, so the last time we all talked here, and you know, I I, I don't want to say we all talked, but the last time I and me and Tanner talked uh, to all of you, uh, the Red Wings were mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. We all know what ended up happening. You know, the final game at the Joe, and that's kind of where we're going to start off here. Um, but before we do that, you know, basically the season was a failure for the Red Wings. You know. We, uh, they missed the playoffs for the first time in 25 years. You know, we're all crying and everything like that. So, you know, it's it's the first time for all of us. But, you know, without getting too much into that, um, basically the Wings finished 33, 36, and 13 with 79 points. You know, it, it, it was disappointing, obviously. Um, but like I said, we're not going to get too much into that. Um, and we're, like I said, we're going to start with the final game at Joe Lewis Arena. Um, where the Red Wings defeated the New Jersey Devils 4-1, to one, uh, you know, in what was the final game at Joe Louis Arena. Uh, Tess, what was your thoughts on game, the, the final game at Joe Louis Arena? I was crying like a baby before Puck even dropped. It was emotional. Just, I think, like you said, us spoiled wing things. We were used to 25 years of playoff hockey, and knowing that April 9th was the last day of the season, we weren't going to see the playoffs. It was emotional. I can't lie. I was a baby. I was crying. It was yeah, the entire night. But. I would agree. It, it, it was definitely an emotional night. And, and that's, it, it was hard because I didn't think I would cry. And then, you know, a lot of things happened the right way. But what was your favorite part of that night test? It's so hard. I think you had come in. I think it was like a surprise for everyone to see him come in and drop the puck. And then Henrik Zetterberg got, was his 1,000th career game, was it? Yes, 1,000th, yep. So that was like seeing his family there with his son, and then Riley Sheehan finally scoring a goal. Like there were so many elements that played in that last game, and there's like how we won and how I think what got me was the, like the, um, the lap. They saluted the fans and like everyone cheering. It was just like, oh, like literally pulled up my heart just that I moment, totally, like, I was like, I totally agree. I, I think that the 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 thing that really did it for me was Journey at the end. You know, everyone on Twitter and myself included, and even like the people that I was watching the game with at home were like, "Where's Journey? What's going on here? What's going on?" <laughs> and then the Red Wings one up everyone, uh, just like they do with uh, you know a lot of like PR things and things like that, and you know, end up playing Journey at the end, and that was just that made me cry. And Karen Newman made me lose it too. So I mean, that's <laughs> it was it was a very emotional night to say the least at Joe, yes. Joe Louis Arena. <laughs> Tanner, I want to get your thoughts on that final night at Joe Louis Arena on April April ninth. So my big kind of the excitement about the whole thing, or, or my favorite moments, um, was always seeing the alumni. Uh, obviously returning to the game, T Tess touched on Steve Eiserman returning, but, you know, to seeing like Darren McCarty and them go out there and brush off the ice between between plays, uh, just really fun. <laughs> and the one moment that really got me, um, just because I had, as long as I can remember, just watching him play, 
um, when they were honoring Henrik Zetterberg on the ice and they played the tribute video and the screen went black and then Pavel Datsuk came up on the screen to get to say congratulations and thank you and everything. And, and I, I seriously lost it when Pavel Datsuk <laughs> came up, came up on that tribute video. Um, that that's the one moment for me. Uh, obviously the excitement of the crowd to make it sound like it was a playoff game, um, you know, they, they just sent it off right in the right way. Um, they really couldn't have done a better job the way that they did it. See, see, for me, like I said before, the journey for me was it was it was the, the moment that made me cry. And it was also the mic drop. Like, that's it. We're going to drop all the sticks. This this is it. We, we just literally wowed everyone because no one saw <laughs> that coming. Did you guys really no. see that coming? No. And why they gave the yeah. sticks out? It was brilliant. It really was. It was absolutely yeah. brilliant, and they they struck oh, yeah. a home run on it. Um, Shout out to Travis and Val for getting Jimmy Howard's jersey yeah. on the ice course, too afterwards. Yeah. That was randomly awesome. picked. That that could never happen to better people. But I mean, just you can't just imagine. I can't script like that, that better. Yeah. Yeah, of course. And and like I said before, the the moment that also got me too was. Um, you know, you see Karen Newman start singing some song and like, you know, she's putting Detroit lyrics in it and it's like, oh my God, like this is really happening. And like, you know, then you see the fans start to cry. Then you see even some of the players start to cry like Zetterberg. You, you, you could tell his press conference um, before the ceremony, uh, you know, he started to cry. It was just, it was an emotional night at Joe Louis Arena. It really was. And um, last but not least, uh, we'll, we'll just go to Tanner. Tanner, um, so what's your last experience at Joe Louis Arena? Like as in personally being, being, in person, yes. being there, man, it has been years since I've been, um, because I moved down to the Carolinas about 10 or 11 years ago, um, it has been years since I've been to Joe Louis. Um, but I have seen the Red Wings plenty down here in Carolina when they've um, came and played the Hurricanes. Uh, the place sounds like it's a home game for the Red Wings just because their yeah. family travels so well and it's just a fun atmosphere to be in. Um, I couldn't even tell you what the last game um, that I saw Joe Lewis was again. It, it had to be over 12, 13 years ago. Now, now so, so let me rephrase that question. Okay. What's, the best, what's the best moment you've ever seen at Joe Lewis Arena, oh, man. either live or on TV? I guess you that know, would be the know, best way to put it. The moment's not even hockey because we can talk about us as fans all that we want to, and this includes that final game. But any time that they play a song in the last five minutes, and this just excludes Journey altogether, but the way everybody was singing Sweet Caroline at the end of that game, yeah. like that's just unbelievable. That always gives me goosebumps. I laugh every time. Um, there are a bunch of other songs that they just kind of belt out and sing. Um, I don't know. It's just it's unlike – Please tell me why. <laughs> it's unlike any other place, you know, you watch on TV or, or you're at in person. And just a quick Griffins update. Thomas Nosek just scored from Bertuzzi and Mikkelrath. It's 2-1 to one San Jose, and that's the Western Conference Finals. So um, the Griffins are still playing, and it's it's good to see. Um, but, Tess, what's your favorite um, moment at Joe Louis Arena, either in person or on TV? I know you're a season ticket holder for a little bit there. Yes. Uh, just give um, me uh, – that well I was a season ticket holder for four seasons and I can tell you I think my favorite memories was when I last season so the um 14-15 season when I started going down to the ice for warm-ups and getting on the glass 
And just to see these guys kind of just let loose and goof off before. And I'm a big Brendan Smith fan, and he would make eye, eye contact with me a few times. I felt pretty special. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I was honestly seeing uh, Larkin and Mike Green and even Zetterberg and Tatar when they would throw pucks to kids, like these little kids that could be yeah. their first game. And just to see that <laughs> excitement, like I'm a sucker for kids. And then to see these hockey players who are, you know, these superheroes, these kids just be so, like, awesome like that. I was like, oh, I just love them. So yeah, you know stuff like that, and what Tanner said when you have when you see it on TV when you're there when you have then twenty thousand people sing a song together, oh, it's just goosebumps. goosebumps. Even after play continues and goes down to the other end of the ice and like yep. just yeah, yeah the yeah, old barn awesome. was a special place. The old barn was a special place, and there's no question about it. Um, my final experience at Joe Louis Arena was uh, against the Boston Bruins. The Wings were down four to one in uh, the second period, and my dad's going crazy. For all you guys that don't know, he's a Bruins <laughs> fan. And, you know, he's going crazy. He's showing his back tattoo, uh, plug, plug there. And uh, <laughs> he's showing his back tattoo to all these people. And the Wings come back and win 5-4 four, four in a shootout. And it was just like, you know, that was it. That was a mic drop moment. I didn't need to see anything more at Joe's Arena. And, uh, you know, I will carry that on to the new arena. And, you know, you can even hope that the new arena will be even half of what Joe Lewis Arena was. So, um, And then I guess my favorite moment at Joe Lewis Arena or on TV at Joe Lewis Arena is probably um, – I'm trying to think. I guess the more recent one would be uh, – was it Zetterberg? I think it was Zetterberg's power play goal uh, against the Ducks that sent them to Game Seven. That one was pretty crazy. I think it was Zetterberg or Cromwell. Uh, yeah, I remember that. All, uh, against yeah, it was Zetterberg. It was Zetterberg. It was. That's a throwback. A few years yeah, ago. yeah, oh, yeah it was 2012, was. I believe, and uh, Zetterberg scored it on a one T from Cromwell, and they sent them to Game Seven and they end up beating the Ducks. So, I mean, that's the yeah. one that sticks out to me. Um, you know, good times, obviously, but, you know, like I said, they're in a bit rebuilding stage now, and I think that this season is going to be better than we all think. Um, we're not going to get into that right now. We'll have podcasts over the summer to get into that. So uh, we're just going to move on to the second topic here. Um, basically, all it is is three moves that you guys would, li would like to see the Red Wings make, uh, you know, this summer. So I'm going to start with Tanner. Tanner, what are three moves you'd like to see this summer, and why? I'm gonna I'll, I'll name all three here yet, and then I'll kind of uh, kind of dive into each one uh, once I do that. Uh, one one move that I think they need to do is trade a goaltender. I don't care who it is um, at this point. It it could be Howard or Morazic. Um, I totally agree. Yeah. Secondly, um, I think they need to get a pure goal scorer. Um, I don't think that we really have that option on the team right now, and I don't think the Red Wings have had that option since Marion Hosa left. Um, yeah. And kind of to go into that, maybe go out and get another center. Um, and then the third uh, move, and it's not so much a move, but it's important to have a good draft. That, that is your one move because yes. they need to keep this system in shape. They need to keep the growth. If Ken Holland's going to start trading, you know, young guys again or prospects, I mean – you got to have some leverage there um, to have a good draft. So um, those are my big three kind of things I think they need to focus on this offseason. I, I like those. I mean, those those all make sense. And I would say the, big, the biggest one uh, being the goal scorer one. I mean, when was the last time we had a really good, you know, 40, 50 goal scorer? Yeah, I mean, there's not many in the league. goal scorer since Marion Hosa. Right. I, believe, I believe in somebody can fact check me on that. We have not had one. 2009. Yeah, 2009. It's been a while. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. And now, what is the biggest one out of those three for you? Um, it's it's probably the goal scorer or, or getting a center um, because they can they can probably bounce between Morazic and Howard again. Obviously, those conversations with fans are going to be there. Who who do you want um, to move on in the future? You, you know, I think there are a couple players away from actually being able to contend. Um, having some of those young guys that were able to step in the second half of the season and gain some experience, I think they can kind of, uh, you know, gain some uh, gain some knowledge going into next season about, you know, who is probably ready or who might not be just ready that needs to sit down in Grand Rapids a little bit longer. Exactly. Now, Tess, I'm going to ask you the same question. Just three quickly, three um... – Three players you'd like to see the Wings get or three moves you'd like to see them make better? Well, I've been having this thought the last few seasons. I love Nick Cromwell, but I want him to retire because his knees are not what they used to be. And he's just – he's not hitting like he used to be. Well, plus he'll get, like, suspended or fine, besides the point. He's just not what he once <laughs> was. And I think it's time for him to hang up the skates. It's fine. Um, we need to get rid of Jonathan Erickson. I Ugh. just – I don't like him as a player. Off the ice, I bet him before. Awesome guy, signed my shirt I'm wearing, but he can exit stage left. And like <laughs> I said, I'm a Brendan Smith. I, I want Brendan Smith back. I think he did really well in New York when he was traded back in February, and he had a decent playoff. And I think he could bring, if we can afford him, if he comes back, he can bring that experience and, you know, his new confidence. I think he could do really well. But You heard his exactly. comment in the exit interviews? Uh, no, what was it? Go ahead. He, uh, made a comment about like this was the most uh, most he's enjoyed being on a team making a. Oh yeah, it was like a talented team, yeah. something like that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there was some pretty de- I mean, talented Detroit teams there, so I, I think he needs to bite his tongue. Yeah. Like well, that. and he also was. I saw that. Kind of screwed down at the end of last season or whatever, where they couldn't decide if they wanted to put him in the lineup or not, and he was one of the best defenders on the team at the end of yeah. last season, at the end of the 2015-16 season, and they probably didn't handle him too well now, uh, too well then, and he probably has a sour taste in his mouth from that. I mean, I can't blame a player that you know is like kind of jerked around, but exactly, I just I love him so much. So if he comes back, I think he could come back with some confidence and you know be that defenseman that everyone I think wanted him to be when he was first drafted in his first like season here. But I guess only time will tell. That was just that's like my fantasy world. <laughs> but no, I do agree with Tanner. A, go- a goal score would be nice. I feel like every other team has like that one guy that's scoring like forty goals. At, you know, Toronto has Austin Matthews who just freaking tore it up this season. And over here, we're just like, hi, we're waiting patiently for one of our young guys to break out. So, so it would be nice so, to have a – So, Tess, power. I do want to uh, p- pick a little bit of an argument with you. Okay, so okay. when the Red Wings traded Brendan Smith to New York, um, there was rumblings like before the trade deadline, like a few days before the trade deadline, that they were trying to get a deal done. They were trying to get a deal done, and Brendan Smith just held out and wanted more and more and more. And so the Red Wings, I feel like he burned his bridge a little bit with saying, you know what, I want more and more and more. And he, you know, the the Wings just couldn't give it to him. As, you know, Thomas Tatar's contract's coming up uh, uh, as a restricted free agent. So they just the, – the only reason I say that is because that there was a discussion of, of contract, and if they couldn't agree then, what makes you think they're going to uh, agree now? That is true. I do remember rumblings about that. The only my only glimpse of hope was I think it was a few weeks ago. Um, Helene St. James wrote an article, like a the mailbag article, and people asked if the Wings would bring back 
Steve at Vanek Smith if, you know, if we kind of basically had no choice. And I believe she said something along the lines, like, if the money was right, maybe. <laughs> but I said in my fantasy world, he would come back. <laughs> but realistically, <laughs> I think New York should sign him because I think he was one of their best players in the playoffs. But I, I, I agree. Yeah. We'll I, I mean, I think New York would be a good landing spot for him. But I do think their first choice is Shattenkirk. And I think that uh, that's a good spot for him uh, in New York. The Rangers are getting close to, to that crunch time there where they're going to have to win a Stanley Cup. It's now or never for them. And, you know, they kind of yeah. choked this year away. So um, I'm just going to give my three things real quickly. Um, first and foremost, the Red Wings have needed this number one defenseman since Nick Lidstrom left. Now, I know you don't get a Nick Lidstrom. Uh, you know, they don't grow on trees. You know, they're once in a <laughs> kind of players. Um, but I do think that the Red Wings can go out and they can acquire a Jacob Truba or, you know, a, a player of that uh, magnitude for a guy like Nyquist or Tatar. You know, I'm not saying just one of those players. I'm saying that and probably a young player or two young players. But they need that. I mean, every good team that you see in the playoffs that are left, I mean, Pittsburgh has uh, Latang. Um, obviously, he hasn't played a lot. or Has he played at all? But I know they have I, Mata. I don't think he has. They have Mata, and then, you know, Ottawa has uh, Carlson, and then you have, um, obviously, Nashville has P.K. Subban and Roman Yossi, and then you have um, you have Anaheim, who has, like, Fowler and Lindholm and, and Botanen. So the Red Wings don't have anyone that's close to that, although they do have Robbie Russo, who's coming, so I do like that. Um, secondly, the goalie situation, um, Tanner, I have to agree with you, the goalie situation's a, a joke. And I think they have to get that fucking figured out um, because it's, it, you know, it's Mrazek's goal to keep. But I also, Jimmy Howard is pushing him hard. But I do think there's a point in time where Mrazek's going to have to say, you know what, this is my net. I'm going to take it. And if not, then you have to trade him or you have to trade Howard because, it, you know, just goalies in the NHL are – I mean, look, the best teams have really good goalies, and if they don't, they have really good defense in front of them. Uh, and then the third thing, it's going to sound kind of cliche, but they have to move all these ponies that they have, all these prospects that they have, and acquire a horse, whether that be on the back end uh, to play defense or if that's a goal scorer or that's a center. They need to move some of these ponies that they have, um, for lack of a better term, for a big horse, you know, that's, like I said, a defenseman or a forward or, you know, what have you. Um, and I mean, that's, that's just where I stand. Do you guys have anything, any other thoughts on that topic? The only thing with that, and I might contradict myself when I say you need to go out and sign a goal scorer or something along those lines, but uh, they're, they're just under so many bad contracts right now. I mean, it's, it's I almost agree. ridiculous. Some of those moves that Ken Holland is, you know, the Justin Abdelkader contract, the Darren Helm contract, the Luke Glenn Denning contract. And those are just, you know, a handful right there. Like why, while I do think, Cronwall needs to hang him up. I want to say bye-bye to Jonathan Erickson. You know, there's kind of that, you know, they can't move these other guys because of their contracts or they can't just kick them out of the door because they got to keep paying them anyway. I hate um, to say it. Early on, that Franz Nielsen contract doesn't look very good either. It doesn't. And and maybe he'll kind of find his groove there. You know, he was approved right. goal scorer with, was it the Islanders where he Yes, the Islanders. Yeah. Yes, Islanders. Um, so, you know, maybe, maybe he'll find – he'll – get settled a little bit so we'll see right yeah and and i mean that's that's a good point i mean nielsen is is one of the ones that's a kind of a wait and see but the darren helm but he's 32 already right? looks 
yeah, like a shitty contract, the Darren Hill. Um, yeah, yes, he's, he's not what he wants to be either. 33 pretty soon as well. Yeah. Or if he's not already 33. So it's, it's hard to wait and see when you're making these contracts to a guy who's already almost in his mid-30s and, you know, sometimes exactly. you just have to wonder what runs through their mind in that front office. Now, this is just another thing, and I, I'm, it's it's kind of just a yes or no question very quickly because we do have a third subject that we want to move on to, but I'm just going to add this very quickly. So Steve Eisenman's contract is up after this season in Tampa Bay, and Ken Holland's contract is up after this season in Tampa in uh, Detroit. Would Steve Eisenman come back to Detroit and be the general manager after he has said that, you know, he liked his playing time in Detroit, but, you know, his – time as a general manager is Tampa Bay. Do you think he wants to come back to Detroit? Test quickly, yes or no? Uh, yes. I hope that's my fantasy world, but yes. <laughs> I, I See, I think that the more that you saw him on that last game at the Joe Louis Arena taking pictures and, you know, putting his stick up and walking he off. He was soaking and, it all in. He was soaking it all in, and I think he would like to come back. Now, Tanner, his what do you think? still here. And yes, that's Exactly. I'm going to be a realist and I'm going to say no only because of one reason that Tampa Bay would be idiotic to let him walk. Yeah, but what if I he wants agree. to leave? If he wants he to leave, wants then that's another story. But but if, if your contract comes up and Tampa Bay's not trying to re-sign him or keep him there with a buttload of money, that's on them. So so shortly, yes or no? No. Okay. Okay. Okay, so we do have a third subject. We're going to move on to that one right now. Um, I, I will say that this has been quite a good podcast. Uh, I'm happy to say that, you know, this has gone pretty well. Um, but to the third subject here, one player that you'd love to see the Wings, uh, to see make the Wings out of training camp, whether it be from juniors or it be from college or it be from the Griffins or the Walleye. Uh, Tess, you go quickly. Uh, I like Tyler Bertuzzi. Um, I remember in pre some preseason game last year, he was really good, and he's had a decent season in Grand Rapids. And I also liked um, what you said earlier, Robbie Russo. He played, what, two games with us, I think, this season, or maybe some more. But I liked his style, and I think those two players could be good additions. I agree. Robbie Russo played a little bit more than that. I forget exactly how many was it. I think it might have been. I think it was like a handful of games. I wasn't sure. I don't know how much exactly it was. Uh, but – uh, that was my choice. Robbie Russo is definitely uh, someone I'd like to see make the team. And you said Tyler Bertuzzi. I like that. I mean, the Red Wings need to be more of a a fast, but they still need to be a physical team because yeah, that you grit. can't just be um, a, a team that's fast and you can't just be a team that's physical because you take stupid penalties. So you have to be that mix. Yeah. And uh, I think that's where Bertuzzi would slide in. Uh, Tanner, now, what, what do you think? Um, I think, obviously, if Robbie Russo isn't on the team come, you know, October, that would be a – there would be a real problem or they would have to look really good on defense um, if he wasn't on the team. So I kind of went in the other direction thinking if they do not sign a center, I'm kind of curious to see the progress of Ben Street and Nosek um, just to see where they're at from a winger standpoint, um, just to see the progression of – I thought Laredo looked really good in those last couple games – in Detroit, and uh, obviously everybody's uh, dreamy over Shvesh, uh, I can't even say his name, Sveshnikov. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> everybody's been dreamy over him ever since that shootout goal, which um, gives me goosebumps just talking about right now. But, um, <laughs> you know, again, as I mentioned earlier, they have some good options for some of those guys who got experience. So um, it's probably one of the more uh, over the last few years, it's more of a uh, clogged, 
um, preseason, so to speak, with uh, with a lot of options for them. Whereas in previous seasons, they I, it feels like to me they haven't had these many options come into a preseason. Yeah, they have a lot of options. They really do. They have Laredo. They have Street. Um, now, I wouldn't say those guys are prospects. The prospect guy would be, uh, you know, Bertuzzi or uh, Svechnikov or, you know, um, um, Robbie Russo, uh, Joe Hicketts, who has been playing pretty Joe good Hicketts, yeah. um, for Grand Rapids. He's only 20 uh, or he might get a look. Yeah. yeah, and then you and then you also have a guy that they're probably going to take another look at is uh, Billy Sariarvi, the kid that uh, played for uh, Mississauga, the Steelheads, this year in the OHL. Um, he did play a little bit for uh, the Flint Firebirds, so he's a defenseman. He's smaller, but he's he's another guy that would would definitely should should get an opportunity to make the team. Now I'm not sure if he will because he is young. So and young defensemen take a while. Um, but I mean, do you guys have anything else? Because I we can wrap this up right here if you guys would like. That about covers it for me. Same. Okay. All right, so from all you guys, uh, Tess um, and Tanner, I do thank you guys for coming on. If you guys want to just throw us your uh, Twitter handles where everyone can find you guys. Go ahead, I'll go. Tess. Um, it is uh, at TMDudleyXO. Okay, Twitter. and Tanner? And mine on Twitter and or Instagram at the other T Swift. Okay. Um, and, and, and from everybody at Winged Octopus, we want to thank you guys, uh, everybody, for your patience and uh, bearing with us. Uh, everybody's kind of getting getting busy this time of year. One of our people, shout out to Anthony, just had his kid born yesterday. Um, yeah. So I know he's been uh, very busy with that. So, uh, But thank you, everybody, for your patience and uh, or hope to get some more content back out there pretty quickly. Yes. And like I said, you know, this is this is uh, the, the start of a new beginning for us. And, uh, you know, hopefully you guys are going to like uh, some of the content that we're coming out with here. Uh, we are going to be with you uh, more often here. Um, you know, obviously the summer is going to be a little bit more down, probably one or two shows a month. Um, and then, you know, as the season goes on, we'll probably have two or three a week. So um, a lot of content coming. And then also, guys, keep in, keep in mind that we do have a lot of writing, and, you know, that's that's the main thing. So uh, check out all the articles at Winged Octopus on Twitter. You can check us out at www.wingedoctopus.com. Um, thanks, everyone. I'm Tyler. You can follow me at Mass Wings Fan, and you guys have a good night. Bye, guys. <laughs>